U.X. Jobs Podcast. Let's go. What about money? Let's talk about money. Now, when I started off in the mid-90s, I didn't know my own value. And it was very difficult for me to price my, my services. One, because if I priced too high, people didn't understand the value of the work. It's just a website. What's the big deal? Why is it $1,000? That's insane. Of course, the market has since shifted and the value of the work is, is well understood or even more so now. What advice would you give to new designers on what their rate should be as new freelancers? Uh, being very cognizant of the market is one thing, right? Like, And you can get that on Indeed, Glassdoor, Salary.com, all those things. You know, So being aware of, keenly aware of the market that you're in, right? Like what is considered reasonable in San Francisco proper is not the same as, you know, something in the Midwest, right? It might be egregious in the Midwest just because the cost of living is much lower and therefore the salary is much lower. So being aware of the, the region uh, and also being aware of the, the client themselves. You know, even if you're interviewing for a job at, you know, one of the big Bay Area companies like a Google, Yahoo, Facebook, Twitter, you can expect different offer than impeccable, right? Like we're a small, self-funded bootstrap studio. Uh, we're not VC-funded. You know, the expectations have to be kind of in line with that. Um, so that's one thing. The, the second thing is being aware of, of the client. Being, you know, number one is being aware of the market. Uh, and then being number three is being aware of where you stand in the scheme of things. So where your level is at, you know, if you're a beginner, are you a super green beginner or are you bring, what do you bring to the table, right? If you are mid-level, you just have to be you know, keenly aware of, of your own level and where you stand. And also number four would be what do you want out of it? For example, like Impeccable, like I'm the owner of Impeccable. I could probably make more money at Google, yes, but there's so many more things I get out of here that I don't get out of being an employee at Google. So those are the factors you have to consider. It's like, what are they, what, are, what else are you getting out uh, aside the monetary compensation? Um, we have a pretty remote team. You know, one of our web engineers is working out of Seattle. That's probably not something that's going to fly with some of these, uh, you know, Bay Area companies are very, they talk about remote work, but a lot of companies, there's a reason they have a big office in SF proper is because they want you to be physically located there. You know, one of the perks of working with this company is as long as you're communicative, as long as you're present on the various channels, uh, we don't care. And you get your work done. We don't generally care. Being able to be remote, being able to live in the town and city that you want is a, is a perk. Um, so understand what you want to get out of it and not just monetary compensation is important. Do you recommend charging by the hour or charging per project? And what are the pros and cons of each? We have three general models. One is just straight up by the hour, you know, three hours of design time, sure, three hours. That's probably the least risk, and I would recommend starting with that. Charging by the project can be both a pro and a con. If you are a fast worker and you understand the expectations of the client really well and they're pretty easy to please, a fixed price project might be very profitable or beneficial to you. You priced it out and you can get it done in half the time you've estimated, uh, you'll pocket a lot of money. The other, the third model is sort of a, a retainer model, meaning you kind of guaranteed, hey, if you guarantee me some hours, so here's my base hourly price, right? It's, 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 X. 
But if you book me for three months, you get X minus a percentage. Or if you book me for six months, you get X minus a, you know, a slightly bigger percentage. The pro, the benefit for you is you don't have to, you know that they're committed to you and you don't have to go hunting for new work. You know, if you charge by the hour, we have clients who we charge by the hour and it's because they have no idea of how much they want to use you, right? They may use you four hours one week and 20 hours another week and maybe like 36 hours another week. So it's like very highly fluctuating and that can cause a lot of stress for an individual. So you may want to figure out a retainer, right? Whether it's um, maybe a weekly retainer, here's my weekly price so that I don't have to worry about it this week, the work is going to be low. Or you may say, hey, here's my three-month price, here's my six-month price. Uh, and then that way you, you kind of warded off that stress a bit. That's how – it really depends on the comfort level of the person. Now, what happens if a, a client or potential client in, in negotiating phase uh, says we want to offer you a large chunk of equity in exchange for your, your rate? Again, that is your comfort level. Uh, that is your own personal risk tolerance. I would say we've done very few of those. Uh, let's see. Here's my own experience, the impeccable experience. In the past, we've designed for clients who've gone on to be acquired by Google, by Dropbox, by Airbnb, uh, by LegalZoom. Gee, you know, we, we only took in cash for that. We really could have used, you know, gotten our hands on some pre-IPO Dropbox shares, for example, right? That wouldn't that have been nice. Sure. You know, IPO Airbnb shares, whatever. Um, so in the following year, we said, okay, we're doing a little bit better. We can afford to take some risk for the clients that we think might have some potential. We may take, you know, we may discount our services and, and take some equity on just, just some, right? Not a lot. Uh, so we did that. Uh, and this was in 2015. And I can tell you right now, at least two of them have gone out of business. Uh, another one is kind of in zombie mode. They're still around, but they can't raise money and whatever. And the other one is doing okay. Okay, right? Like, I don't think they're they're just humming along. I don't know what what I'll ever see out of that, right? Maybe some something in the near, you know, in the next five years, maybe something will come out of that. Who knows? I wouldn't count it, right? If, if you need the cash now, don't do it. Statistically speaking, it's it's like a lottery, right? It, I would say, and, and there's so much you don't control, right? Like even with everything going right, you know, even if you design an amazing product, um, maybe the engagement isn't there. Maybe the business model doesn't make sense. Maybe they, they don't, uh, they, maybe they're not able to get the next round of funding that they need. So many things can go wrong. So many things are out of your control. I would say unless your risk tolerance is up there, uh, probably don't do it. Or at least think of it as play money that you're totally okay with not getting or losing it completely and totally writing off. If you're okay with that and you want to play with this play money, sure, go for it. But other than that, I think uh, like what we would prefer is cash because we can deploy that cash however we want. We can use that cash to bootstrap our own ideas. So if you have your own idea for your product, uh, product or project uh, unpaid, then, then you can use that cash to do that. But if you take it as an equity and someone else's equity, then you kind of lose some of that control. 